0: Since you're not racist,
1: a podcast dedicated to all you self proclaimed
0: non racists, one where we discuss the learned biases, microaggressions, and rude questions that perpetuate racism in our country. All the stuff you're never
1: ever guilty of, you know. Since, since you're, you're not, not racist. racist.
2: Okay, um, Are we on? yeah, but <laughs> Gabby, say something so I can see your levels. Hello. Uh, actually, that's not too bad.
0: good to me. You can okay. get a little bit
2: closer if you want, but that's good. All right. Um, All right. Okay. Gabby's
0: so here.
2: The real gal. Like, I was trying to pretend to be you, and <laughs> yeah. I'm failing. Um, anyway. So, we completely did not talk about something,
0: Ooh.
2: which was super important. Which was Alabama.
0: Oh my gosh, I thought about bringing it up and I was like, Wait, what? Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. have you not heard? All right. Yeah, actually,
2: well, you, I you know. I know what's going about. on, Annabelle. Okay. Okay. I'm you just like, to how you did you go to guys? To- now, Gabby. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's okay. I'm just gonna bring your levels down. I want you to talk at a normal volume, like your voice, your normal voice, and I'm gonna get your and get Where your levels just right. Shouting. Some, some folks around here don't have the lung power that Gabby had. <laughs>
1: You <laughs> like,
2: you do, you, Gabby. Oh, I really? gonna...
1: <laughs> I
0: just want to get Gabby so fired up again that she ends up how she was at the end of the last episode just no, like
2: <laughs> it could happen oh my god you need to put some sound sound effects in the back in the in that of, like of like shit being broken <laughs> and shouting I, don't <laughs> it's a lot. I,
1: I have no idea how I'm cutting that
0: yeah,
2: make it very dramatic, please.
3: <laughs>
0: um, I like it ending just how it was.
2: Yeah, but I mean, yeah. like,
0: how did you guys
1: not get into Roy Moore <laughs> Yeah.
2: Because we were talking about, I wanted to, first I mean, of all. I mean, there's okay, a lot. I'm going to do a real recap, try to recap what, kind of what we talked yep. about. So um, I wanted to, to get into a better discussion, a uh, better, like, sorry. But like <laughs> a different description, a deeper deeper discussion of rape culture. So I want to talk about what mm-hmm. rape, rape culture actually was and how it was reflected in different Cultures, specific cultures. Like there's the idea of rape culture as like this abstract thing, but also the idea of specific cultures that are rape cultures. And so I talked about how we are number fourteen. U.S. is number fourteen in all the countries in the world. We are a rape culture. We are a culture where it's normalized and pervasive. And I talked about anyway. Blah 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 blah. You when when you're editing this, you will find out what we all talked about. But mm-hmm. we talked about that. We talked about um, there is a society in in um, Indonesia that is. Not a rape culture, like a matri- name. Oh, I'm gonna say his name. <laughs> minang, Minang kabow, min, Minang kabow, something like that, of Indonesia, and it's like it's a matrilineal society. Um, there's there's no rape, and women have. Um, anyway, I'm going
0: move there.
2: Yeah, I think I'm. I might move there too. <laughs> but we talked about um, the idea of male on male rape in prison, and I was trying to. I was like.
0: Points of contention that you had from the last episode, right? Yes.
2: Yeah. And I kept thinking about different ways that I would try to explain to him so that he would, you know, frame it in ways that would connect with him because it seemed like he was not, he was doing that thing that white people do when you talk about racism, where they like, hear the word racism <laughs> and then they like freak out Sl- and close Yes,
1: close all doors.
2: Yes. Yeah. That's what was happening with, with the word rape. It was the same thing where you said rape culture and he's like, I can't even hear anything more because you said the word rape. So, yeah. um, anyway. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, then we got into catcalling a little bit, and then uh, we were saying once you got here, maybe if there was anything else you had to say based on the last episode that you didn't get to that you could, and then Kobe had a nice little action item book recommendation uh, for people to read, he was telling us about it, it sounds really interesting.
2: Yes, so I um, will get to that, yeah, but...
0: And then we can read it. Yeah. Okay.
2: Was there anything you wanted to?
1: Well, so I from- had texted Barry about what this episode is, and one thing that I felt we didn't, I wasn't able to drive home last episode because it just got so chaotic <laughs> and off, I would say off the rails because I do think that discussions need to take its natural form. And then we roll back around and you have your ups and downs and it needed to go down that path because mm-hmm. you have to get through to that point yeah, in order to drive other conversations. Um, I think avoiding it getting to that point is, isn't going to take us anywhere. But I did follow, <laughs> like, text Barry and I was like, one thing that we didn't get into was that we... What I wanted to drive home was that we keep on pushing women as being the cure for addressing sexual harassment and as the cure of addressing rape culture. And that we, if all women, if all women in the US decided to band together and decide we are going to stop sexual harassment, we are going to change rape culture, then all men will follow suit. That, that doesn't make no, any sense. It wouldn't work. And we keep on trying to do that repetitively. And we do that with a lot of issues. And we do the same thing when addressing things like race. Mm-hmm. Well, if all people of color acted a certain way, then everybody else will follow suit. And therefore, we have no racism.
2: False. this is what you guys are missing when she was gone <laughs> it was just my dumb ass up here um, yes so yes
1: I what I was trying to say is if we put some the same amount of energy if not more into men stepping up the plate and addressing sexual harassment and dressing rape po- culture as if it is personally affecting them because it does because they it it's a matter of Seeing it that, yes, rape culture is a thing. Yes, sexual harassment is a thing. Yes, I am a part of it, and I perpetuate it, and I continue the cycle. Addressing it might mean that I have to change my behavior. 100%, you're going to have to change your behavior. Addressing it might mean that I have to think a different way. Yes, 100%, you are going to have to think of things a different way. You're going to have to educate yourself. You're going to have to... Uh, practice and it's it's going to be something that you have to develop and you have to be aware of it all the time and you have to address it with every generation following you and not just your own generation but also your peers your friends, your family members and yes you are going to have to lose a bit of power that but realizing that that is a power that you don't want to hold, you don't want to have the power over women that they can remain silent when they are uh, being sexually harassed, assaulted, that they would remain silent when it comes to being taken advantage of and feeling inferior and feeling like they do not have a place to speak against you violating them. You don't want that power. So if you realize like what that power that you have over women truly means and truly represents Like, is a reflection of you, you won't want that. I would imagine that most men wouldn't want that power if they really outlined what that power is.
2: Yes. However, I think that the problem is that some men do want that power. Yes. Yeah. some Maybe they don't explicitly want to say it. Some of the, mm-hmm. some men sort of like subconsciously want it, and some men consciously want that power. Yes. Some men believe that they have, that that is the natural order. Mm-hmm. That like you know, There's like the fundamentalist Christians who like want to look at verses of the Bible and say it is the natural order of things, that the man should be at the head of the household and that women should be subject to man, blah, 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 all this kind of shit. So um, that is... You're absolutely right if you're an ethical, moral person. Yes. And so, like, some of that has to do with culture and how we look at, like, gender roles and, like, what is, what is is—are we really supposed to be equal or are, is there supposed to be an imbalance of power? I think that Americans like to talk a good game about equality, but— I think that a lot of people don't really believe in equality. Yeah,
0: like it's too convenient for the people that have all the privilege, you know? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. exactly. And at the end
3: of the day, we have to look at where all of our consumption, like, you know, our media consumption is coming from. The primary source of news that we get is created by men. And so a lot of things get made, you know, like all these late night talk shows, primary, you know, modes of communication that people, including women are receiving. It's to the point where they're making light of the Me Too situation, like us living in our urban sphere. We're like, yeah, like this, I'm so glad this is coming out. But the people who live in thumbfuck nowhere, they're watching the Tonight Show and it's like, oh, who's, you know, on the list of sexual misconduct tonight? Like they're making a game of it. So that lessens the power behind this entire movement to the point where it's going to go down to nothing again, because, you know, people aren't taking it seriously. No one's, they're like, oh, like women are finally getting their voice. But as soon as they got it, it's being made light of and it's not being taken seriously. I
2: think that there's there's a tension going on in this movement where that is happening, but there is also, there's like this incredibly both encouraging and amazing, but also um, frightening. I and mean, it should be frightening because revolution has... Collateral damage, mm-hmm. and so that kind of you know, there you know, Al Franken goes down. Al Franken needed to go down. This is part of this process. He, you know, you know, he was on the right side for certain issues, but he needed to go down. Um, but there is a tension going on between that force to sort of take the legs out from underneath this movement and the dominoes that keep falling, the things that keep happening, the women that keep coming forward, and so. It's it's a scary time for men, I think. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of discomfort brewing. Yes, yep, but yep. that discomfort is necessary, necessary because otherwise things will just go back to the way they were. So like each time we there's a new report and there's a new person. I'm like, ouch, but necessary. Ouch. This needs to keep mm-hmm. happening. We need to keep seeing these stories in the news. And Salma Hayek just came out and talked about how she was one of the people who like was was um was sexually harassed and and abused by Harvey Weinstein. Just um, yesterday, I think it was. Her story was harrowing, and it was like she she didn't first she she didn't want to come out because so many other people had come out, and she was like, "I don't really have to." And she thought she'd cope, dealt with it, and cope with Mm -hmm. it. But eventually, she came out. That kind of stuff is going to keep happening um, because men have been harassing women and sexually, you know, abusing power. For a long time, so there are a lot of victims with a lot of stories, and uh-huh. and you know, I like I, it's it's great that this thing still has the momentum that it has, and I just I want to continue to be afraid, because I, I want it to continue to happen until there is some kind of lasting change. Um, so I reacted to something that you were saying, Gabby, about about this whole thing, which is that um, I think it's really easy for Men who are resistant to all of this to look at to not under, to to fundamentally look at this as not a, a male problem. Yes. This is women should do these things, but this is in effect. Fa- this is in fact just like racism. This is a problem of the oppressor. Uh-huh. This is men are doing this thing. Men are sexually harassing. Men are sexually assaulting. Men are raping. Um, it is a thing that we are causing. We should address it. We should be talking with each other about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We should not be, like, like, we were we were off the mic, but I was talking about this analogy, this bad analogy that I wanted to mention. No, I think
0: all of your analogies have been pretty great.
2: <laughs> uh, but this one analogy was, um, so if there's an active shooter, and you know there's an active shooter outside, and he's shooting, it's like bullets flying, perhaps his imprudent... To go outside without a bulletproof vest, maybe it would be safer with a bulletproof vest. But you should do something about the shooter. (laughs) Yeah, the shooter is the problem, not you as a victim going out. It's like, oh, it's your fault because you weren't wearing a bulletproof vest. No, you 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 should. Well, the other here to that is if you all had
1: guns. Um, yes. I know, that's what I said you,
2: next. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes, yes. And I love that argument. I'm just thinking about how every sixth grader should like have their own gun, and then Bullet all the kids in vest. bulletproof vests, yeah. and now our schools will be safe because the, <laughs> the little kids will have guns, and yeah. the PE teacher will have a gun, and the cafeteria lady with the hairnet, she'll have a gun have, underneath the trays as she's serving the food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a gun, and then everybody's safe, right?
3: Yep. Right. Gun problem solved, the Somebody solved. Trump.
1: <laughs> problems Because the would-be victims have handled the situation. They've cured it. Hmm. And it's the same thing with women. Yeah. Like, if all women dressed a certain way, yeah. if all women acted a certain way, we spoke a certain way, we didn't consume alcohol, we didn't, you know, we... Behaved in a proper manner that would keep men repealed from us. Still wouldn't fix the problem. Still happening. Then yeah. supposedly yeah. a fix yeah. of all women were armed. The new self defense, you know. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So so there was so much of like the like last episode, like the, like the previous one we were talking, I think you're going to divide this into two episodes, so the previous episode, where I was like so concerned with the absence of a certain member and like all the things that I wanted to say to him. Um, one of them is kind of reflected in, in what you just said, which is um, to take this and change it into a framework of race where, you know, he would be able to relate to it more. And so in this instance, you could say something like, you know... If white people are good, you know white you know white people are gonna be racist. So when you go out, make sure you talk a certain way. Make sure you like don't you know don't do any of the things that might trigger their racism. Mm-hmm. You know, don't trigger their racism. It's not their fault. It's your fault. If you just adjust your behavior so that you don't behave in a way that that, that um that that, respond, that that reflects the stereotypes, then you won't experience racism. That's bullshit. Yeah. I shouldn't have to, I should be able to drop the G's at the ends of my words when I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I should be able to enjoy Kool Aid. Anyway.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> was looking
3: into the Kool Aid, but. <laughs> 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 a rant and he's like brought Kool-Aid. to you by Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid, grape Kool-Aid.
1: <laughs> 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 sorry a
2: little slipped in a little place it in there that's right baby that's right <laughs> alright anyway.
3: going back to that I do hate that It is a lot of pressure on women. Like, we have, at a very young age, like, as soon as girls start hitting puberty, immediately, it's like, you're told from every angle, like, hey, you're going to have, you're set up for failure, because it's like, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And now with this, it's like, oh, yeah, the world is shitty, and it's always been shitty for women, but now here's an extra thing on your plate. Like, that just drives me absolutely mad that this whole movement is totally shifting in the way that it is. It's a woman's problem to fix. And I do love that, like, kind of getting men to own up to, like, you know, it is more on them than it is on us.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah.
3: <laughs> but it is on
1: women that have remained silent or support or take the side of men because we feel like we cannot make them feel uncomfortable. Right. And in that sense, like... Bringing us into Roy Miller and how many white women supported him, regardless of the allegations.
0: I can't
3: believe how close that race was.
0: I know, but I'm also at the same time I'm like, all right, Alabama, Because like, like they pulled it off, right? Like, yeah.
2: still yeah. lost. Make, I mean, by a make sure a you sadly... insert black in there. All yeah. right,
1: black yeah, Alabama. That's true. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: because, yeah. yeah.
2: And, I, and I've like, I keep ranting about this on Facebook. I, I, because I am very concerned that the whole narrative is going to change and it's going to be, you know, uh, women stood up in Alabama. Because oh. that's what they're already there. Women really? stood up in Alabama. Yeah, women stood up in Alabama. Blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Right. And it's like, no. Oh, no. no black the best, women the best stood part, up The best part that
1: I've heard is it's been black women and millennials. Right. So there's no millennial black women because I'm pretty sure it was millennial black women.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, oh God. So like, good, good, good Lord. We're we're getting to all this stuff. I want to talk about some of it. I feel like I want to talk about in a separate episode. But um, <laughs> you guys come You're back next so excited. <laughs> but but um, with regard to that whole thing in Alabama and like you have like you have what I feel like is. There's like a really complicated situation because a lot of it has to do with race, like obviously from the fact that like 63% of white women decided to vote for Roy Moore mm-hmm. even though he was a he's an alleged child molester. I also kind of want people to say don't say sexual predator, even though it's true. Say alleged child molester because there's no there's no arguing with that. It's alleged. Mm-hmm. It was a 14-year-old girl. 14-year-olds mm-hmm. are children. Mm-hmm. And the allegation is that he touched her. That is molestation. So alleged child molester. There we yeah. go. That's a very simple way of describing it. But that whole thing, I, I, I want to get you guys take on this. But I, I worry about like the internalized self hatred and oppression that, like, when you are
0: oh man, that's you, an episode <laughs> when you're.
2: But yeah. like with regard to self harassment and like you know rape culture and 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 that kind of stuff. It seems like that plays a big role, like where you have women apologizing for men and making excuses or, I mean, and that's the thing that I feel like happens. And turning on women. Yes.
1: And turning on women, like, you know that he has a past. You know that he likes to grab. You know that he likes to do this. You know that he likes younger women. And you put yourself in that situation, she put herself in that situation, and therefore, she doesn't, she should not be uh, coming out, she should not be speaking up, she's probably just, you know, has an agenda, she probably just wants money, because she put herself in a situation where she was alone, or near this man, who we all know had a record of sexually harassing and touching women. And they still don't think that there is anything wrong with that. They still don't think that there is anything wrong with it, that they continue to protect this man and condemn other women for being associated
3: around this man. I saw this documentary. um, It's called, like, Audrey and Daisy. It's on Netflix. It's really good. But it's about these kids. I think it's in Missouri. And it was a case that it was so infuriating to watch because the victims were too little girls. One was 13, and she did look like an eight-year-old. She was very young-looking. And the other was 14. And these two boys, you know, they were like, they were friends with her older brother, and they you know, text conversation of, you should come over. They went over. They were all just hammered. And the two little girls got raped, and they were just drunk out of their mind. The boys freaked out because one girl was so messed up that she was she was she should have gotten alcohol poisoning, like that's how like she was practically unconscious. They take them home and he can't get her through her window. So he leaves her on the grass and it's freezing. and she almost died. like her mom went oh out God. at like five in the morning or to take the dog out or something and sees her daughter like passed out in the grass. So all these horrific things happen. They go to the hospital. they do the rape kit test and they find out that she was raped. and they find the boys who did it. and Long story short, they both got off the hook and they're interviewing the sheriff who was on this case and he's like, "Well, they got charged with sexual misconduct or something because they left her in the grass in the cold, like they endangered her life, but it's not they didn't, you know, charge them with rape because they were like, "Well, the boys were 17, so in this con- or in this state, that's, you know, kids under the age of 18 can have consensual sex.
2: Right, so it's not statutory right? Yeah,
3: it's not rape. And, you know, the argument in his...
2: Even though they even though they were, like, she was drunk? Yeah. And she so, was like, vain. how is, so I guess in that state, like, cons- like you can be drunk and, and, and uh, a child and, his- and give consent. <laughs> <From the share laughs> a drunk of- child can give consent. Ah. <laughs> From the
3: sheriff's mouth, he said, he looks into the camera and he's like... Well, what did they expect? They were both, you know, so young, and they went to the 17-year-old boy's house, and they were drinking. Like, what were they expecting to happen? How would they know what to expect?
1: Mind you, the it is expected Obviously. that women, regardless of their age, are expected to know the consequences that they can fall into when consuming alcohol or being around men or young boys of any sort— In a room, and men are not expected to not sexually harass or rape women or young boys at the age of 14 versus a woman that is 13. Does not, isn't held to the same standard.
2: Yeah, so I keep going back to our missing guest (laughs) and his inability to wrap his mind around the idea of rape culture and of our culture being a rape culture. When the expectation is that you will be raped, that is a rape culture. <laughs> yeah. When you're supposed to know that rape is a thing that is likely to happen to you if you're not careful, mm-hmm. that is means that rape that means that rape is normalized. That means that you think that rape is the normal state of things that should happen if women aren't careful. There's rape culture.
3: And another part of that story is, so this case went on. The parents tried real hard to, like, you know, find justice for their daughter. Um, And the town threw a fit. They were so mad Mm -hmm. that this family is trying to slander these two boys who are football players and they just do good in the community. Their house got burned down. At first, it started with vandalism, and it went to the point where this family had to leave that town because the community was siding with 17-year-old boys who raped a 13- and 14-year-old girl and burned that little rape victim's house down. Yeah. And, like, yeah, like, how is this not rape culture? And they didn't, whoever, no one investigated who burned the house down. They are like, oh, yeah, this is totally fine.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry that this is the world. This is the culture that we live in. Like, uh, you were telling your story of, of catcalling, mm-hmm. and I was just, like, just depressed thinking <laughs> about, like, what it would be like to just go through life with that being the norm, normal thing that would happen to me, the thing that I have to think about all the time. And even if I wasn't actively thinking about it, I'd have to be subconsciously thinking totally. about it.
0: Like, oh, why didn't I walk down that street? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: I should have known better.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I should have known that men are are horrible, horrible creatures. <laughs>
0: Well, on that note, I think think we already know, like, as
1: women, we kind of, we've already accepted that that's the world we live in. It's not about, say, it reminds, like, we should know better, even though we might say that, but it's like, why didn't I remember to adjust my actions?
2: Right, Mm -hmm. right,
0: right. But what was this book? So, we, we took a pause to go get Gabby, but you're talking about this really awesome sounding book that we should all
2: go read. Yes, there's a book that is a... It is... it is. I can't think of a way that it is not about the Me Too moment that's happening mm-hmm. right now. And she Her name is Naomi Alderman. The book is called The Power. And she wrote it before all this shit went... I mean, before all this specific shit went down because shit has been going down the whole time. But um, before this moment that's happened, this, this revolutionary, scary moment that's happened, she wrote this book. And the premise of the book is that Women start developing the ability to electrocute people. But only women.
0: Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> Go, Go on. on. It
2: starts with young girls, but they're able to awaken it in older women so that eventually all women in society have this ability to electrocute people on you know, by touch. Or, you know, yes, by touch or through, through metal objects or through water or whatever. And it, it fundament- it's like it, it's, it's played really straight. It's happening in the current day, so there's, like, let's talk about the um, social media and, like, you know, the okay. news networks and the coverage of it. It, it. it The first, like, reports happen in, like, the third world and, like, just kind of spreads. And, um, I guess
0: this is fiction, unfortunately, huh? It's fiction, <laughs> yes, <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> but it is such a great book because it, it, it touches on pretty much everything that's happening in this moment with regard to... Um sexual harassment and disparity of power and um how society is is predicated on like groups of people with more power and less power in their relationships and all it's just it's it's great it's wonderful and it's scary, and it feels scary in the same way that everything is happening in like this sort of like revolution and people don 't know what to do and men are freaking out and and women are dealing with it and it's like transforming things so anyway. You should, You guys should read this no, book.
0: Yeah. That's, read the power. Yes. Definitely yeah.
3: yes. on my list.
2: Yeah. Yes. All right. So. Um, do we rant? Do we want to rant? I think it's about Wait. We, yeah, we didn't. We didn't really rant. talk about. See. We. Oh, do we want to go back to we Alabama? We didn't talk about. Yeah. We didn't okay. talk about Alabama. I don't, okay. I don't. I don't. I'm. Or should we rant about
0: Alabama?
2: We could rant about Alabama. <laughs> um, I. I look at. What happened?
1: Should I be timing you? Is this a rant? No, this is not a rant. Oh, not not ranting yet. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't. I just
2: want to. I don't. I mean. So this this huge election happened where black people in particular and black women in really particular. I think the numbers were something like ninety two percent of oh, black wow. men. Oh okay. wow! I haven't
0: even seen these numbers yet. Okay.
2: Ninety two percent of black men and ninety eight percent of black women. So there's two percent yeah. of black women who decided that Roy Moore was a good choice. Um... <laughs> I think maybe it was Omarosa, and I don't know. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, uh, you have n- black people stepping up to make this thing happen. If you look at the numbers, it was like 63% of white people voted for Ro- for Roy Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, he won the majorities in almost every group, except for young white millennials. That was the only group that he didn't win a majority. He won 80% of, a v- of white evangelicals. Not millennials,
1: Period. Young white. Yes, exactly. Young yeah. white millennials.
2: Because we know there's no need to, to, um, to designate black because you know, because all the black people voted for the person who was not a child molester. Mm-hmm. So you don't even need to like break that out anymore. That's just like. <laughs> um, so here we are in this situation where it's a year later after Trump was elected by a majority of white women. So depressing and now you have majority of white women in Alabama voting for the child molester um, what <laughs> what is it going to take I, I feel like we can't just confine this to Alabama like no. we have to think about what this means. <sighs>
1: So, how do you break the oath that white women swore to men?
0: Yeah, white basically. Men? Or, like, this oath that they've been taught or something. It's like they've...
1: Well, if, I think we've all been taught that we've we sworn an oath to su- our own like male summer, race.
0: Yeah, totally. But some are, like, yeah. extra sworn or something. Like, I don't know what it is. I do think sometimes they no, not I don't even know the religion plays into it. I don't know. I think, I think it's, it's just...
2: I think it's—we have to somehow recalibrate the notion of who your tribe is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that this is the problem with Democrats in general anyway, is that—I've um, been saying this um, on Facebook, but um, white Democrats in particular are always chasing after swing voters, the white working class. There's all these think pieces about how how can we get through to the white working class, you know? And they, they, they're just being left behind, and blah, 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 blah. hmm those people are not the tribe your tribe is sometimes people that don't look like you mm-hmm. so i don't how do we convince people to vote in their own interest in their in their actual own self interest and not be
0: well i think they are voting in their own self interest they vote in what they believe is their
1: self interest yeah
3: yeah And they're easily like influenced the whole fear mongering tactic Mm -hmm. as stupid and like I can see and be like, How are people falling for this? How are people falling for that? Like it's a quick, simple internet search and you can find out that much of what those candidates promised and said, like even just those stats about Mexico, you could do a quick search and find out that America is higher on the rape culture list than Mexico. But Fox News said Uh, that's what it is. Fox
1: News (laughs) is
2: (laughs) <laughs> in, the, in the list of like of um of countries with race of rape, United States is number fourteen. Mexico is number
1: 32. thirty-two. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I thought the United States was up higher, or yeah. at least it used to be.
2: It probably yeah, but uh, Bel- Sweden is number six, by the way. So we, we have a lot of know. we have a ways to go before we can you know <laughs> U.S. is no, not idea. number one. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Mexico. So like, if you don't want to get raped, Mexico.
3: Mm-hmm. Actually, or Canada. Or Canada is Canada. Yeah. Canada. actually the place to go. <laughs> Canada is the
2: place to go. Number 97. Really? Yes. Yes. God, Canada, how
3: is Canada so much better?
2: <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
3: But speaking of voting, and it's so embarrassing to say, but this is a safe space. Um, <laughs> my grandma is was an immigrant from El Salvador and she came to California when my mom and her sister were young and she came out here and she worked, she was a cleaning lady, she ended up meeting some nice white man at a church and they got married. Um, And fast forward to last election, please tell me how my grandmother (laughs) brainwashed my own mother who was an immigrant from El Salvador and was fortunate enough to get her papers pretty easily through said new grandfather or whatever um he is a very conservative white man how he married a immigrant is beyond me but through like talking like he was a huge trump supporter that you know loyalty my grandmother's loyalty to her husband then trickled down to my mom who is loyal to her mother so you have these two once immigrants from a latin american country that trump you know talked so negatively about and just stereotyped and shamed almost and both of them voted for trump yeah. And I'm like, how the hell? And the root of it was this one white man who everyone is just so loyal to. I'm like, how how can you not think for yourself?
2: How do they feel about immigration?
3: Um, my mother has her thoughts. Like, she's, it's kind of not solid. And she kind of has put herself on a higher pedestal just because she didn't have the same story that so many others had. But it blows my mind because she's friends with so many, mm-hmm. you know, she lives in this community. And your grandma. I mean, yeah, like she's like such a close tie. Yeah, she has, all of her friends yeah. struggled way more than she did to get her papers. But I'm like, how do you, I don't yeah. understand
2: that. There, there's, um, there's a couple of, they're not exactly analogies, but they're kind of like little stories that talk about like uh, what happens with people with regard in in minority Cultures with regard to class, and like one of them is like the idea of, um, I guess it's crabs in a bucket, where um, I'm trying to remember how that one works. Anyway, there's like another one that's like um, (laughs) where like the person, you know, there's a group of people trying to get up into a cliff, and there's a ladder, and so the person gets the cliff pulls the ladder up after them. They don't want anybody else coming up because that will, you know lessen their access to power like mm-hmm. they don't want the people be, you know that they were part of to succeed mm-hmm. that will lessen their opportunity there's something like that with the crabs in the bucket where like uh, the crabs keep pulling each other down so none of them can escape the bucket mm-hmm. and i wonder like i feel like um there's a certain amount of internalized self-hatred or self like oppression that mm-hmm. comes from you know living in a culture where you start to drink the Kool-Aid about how you are not <laughs> Uh, Kool-Aid Our also, song yeah. Kool-Aid <laughs> <laughs> also um, grapefruit Kool-Aid is also very delicious <laughs> um, yeah but
3: no that's a great perspective like because I've wondered and that there's definitely something to that is because I know other immigrant stories where the parents have lived here for so long that they forgot where they came from and suddenly Mm -hmm. they now see themselves as true Americans and they're holding themselves up the way these, you know, racist old white Americans who are like, oh, I came over on the Mayflower, blah, blah, blah. Like Mm -hmm. they don't want to help anyone else get here and forget about how they even got here.
1: Is it also that they would, if they put themselves too close in association with people that are immigrants, then they have removed their opportunity from being in this new world and accepted at this new class. Mm -hmm. I think that's the greatest thing, is that you don't want to be too close, too associated, because then people of this class that you're trying to fit in will see that connection and say, oh, you're just like them. You might not fit here. Mm
2: -hmm. So I think that American immigrants are susceptible to aspirations of whiteness or aspirations yeah. of Americanness and whiteness being kind of synonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, first of all, you think about the immigrants over the history of this country, a lot of the people that are white today weren't white. Back in the day, the Irish were not considered white and the Italians weren't considered white like in the 1800s. The Irish, the, the English considered them to be subhuman. There's all this, like if you read about um, a modest proposal, Jonathan Swift's, um, you know, satirical solution for dealing with the Irish, is eat the babies, you know. Yeah. Um, if you read the literature at the time, they are described in ways that are uh, astonishingly like. The ways that, that Latinos and Blacks are, are have been described um, as subhumans. You know all these animalistic characteristics, um, and I think a lot of immigrant communities moved to America and it's very tempting to want to buy into the whole american dream part of which is like aspirational whiteness and mm-hmm. and you become american you throw away your otherness your your brownness or whatever and join this culture and then as part of that bargain now you look back on where you came from and the people that come from that place with disdain and separation and that's horrible mm-hmm that's horrible
0: yeah but yeah I think that's definitely kind of at the root of it all why that happens for sure
2: yeah Anyway, well, Kool Aid.
0: Kool Aid. <laughs>
3: Kool Aid. I love <laughs> like, all the other flavors of
1: Kool Aid. I feel like there's a rant coming on and it's yeah, probably yeah, yeah. going to be about Kool Aid. Yeah. That's yeah, coming up. You Kool Aid. I know I can for for
2: right now. now. You know what? I could go on like 50 different rants. I will do a rant about Kool Aid. It'll be, if you want, you want to do a rant about Kool Aid? Yeah.
0: Kobe is doing a rant about Kool Aid. All
2: right. I'm okay. going to do the
0: timer, I guess. Okay. I have my phone in my hand. Here we go. All
1: right.
2: Um, Let me know when you're ready. Stop watching.
1: I mean, I have a personal issue with Kool-Aid, but...
2: You can join in on my rant. It could be like a two-way <laughs> rant back and forth. If you want, okay, let's go. Uh, ranting dialogue, a rant <laughs> right, so... Ready. My issue with... The thing about Kool-Aid for me is... and it, Kool-Aid represents many other things that are ruined by white people's stereotypes. hmm I can't enjoy certain cultural things without them being tainted by some sort of a stereotypical, stereotypical view of what it means to be black and what it means to enjoy those things. Kool-Aid is one of those things. Fried chicken and watermelon um, from all the illustrations, mm-hmm. all of the um, horribly racist Characters, caricatures yeah. of that stuff. Um, it's tainted. It's... is poison so that I can't just simply interact with it. I've like gone I've you know gone. So the picnics problem with white that people. I have
1: is because it is literally poison. <laughs> literally can you read the ingredients yeah. in Kool-Aid and how much of that is chemical sugar and salt.
2: So what and you're saying then is that it's great that white people have poisoned Kool-Aid is an idea for me because by doing that they prevent me from drinking Kool-Aid and I'm yes. healthier. Yes. So racism has a silver lining. <laughs> All makes sense
1: now. <laughs> I'm yeah, great silver. It's the same thing with cheap Chick fried chicken. I mean, yeah. But it is injected with poison and chemicals and it's stuff that we should not be in our, in our body. But in a sense, it shouldn't be in our body to the great scale of what would be in a character. It was the excessive eating of fried chicken and Kool-Aid. The weirdest ransomware.
2: I before. have a shortened lifespan <laughs> as a black man anyway. Exactly. I could die. I'm either die by a hail of gunfire, diabetes, high blood pressure, or Kool-Aid. Exactly. Kool-Aid is the best of those options. And Kool-Aid <laughs> gets you to
1: diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah, I know. I know. I know. So
1: just sitting on the porch drinking Kool-Aid and eating fried chicken gets you to all of those options. Well here's
2: here's the thing. I'm sure Trader Joe's has like some kind of healthy version of Kool-Aid that I could drink. Mm-hmm. I still am gonna think you can about make Kool-Aid at home. Exactly. I'm still gonna <laughs> think about it. it's not it's not Kool Aid. It's the idea of the Kool-Aid idea what of that idea colored
1: juice.
2: Mm-hmm. A colored no, water. You are still fixated on Kool-Aid as an actual thing. I'm talking about Kool-Aid. As, I, I know what you're
1: talking about. Yeah, you not know what you
2: what you're talking talking not talking about. You just told me to drink any Kool-Aid. I don't <laughs> want
1: like, anybody to <laughs> be drinking Kool-Aid. I have a problem with any, anybody that says I'm <laughs> going to make some Kool-Aid. Not even strawberry. Yeah. What the, about Pink Lemonade association Kool-Aid? of... What it means as a black person to be drinking Kool-Aid, yeah. but also what it is doing to you as a black person drinking Kool-Aid and continually putting that into our community, yeah. that yeah. that is acceptable for us to consume yeah. because it's not. Yeah. It's go like looking at perms. At some point, we need to stop perms. You know, continuing the cycle of saying that this is appropriate in our community, even though we know that this is poison that we are putting mm-hmm. on our bodies and in our bodies.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's the problem I have with Kool Aid. <laughs>
2: it's, it's a different problem. It's a different problem. But we both have problems with Kool Aid. I do. <laughs> All right, well, I guess Kool Aid is not our sponsor.
3: Very good question, though, so, speaking yeah. about stereotypes. Yeah. How do you feel? Do you drink LaCroix? Um, yeah. How do you I feel when LaCroix. you drink LaCroix? Do you feel like every other ethnicity is tainting that for you? Mm,
0: no, I have the privilege of not having to give a shit about that. Because <laughs> I have seen great. some pretty exactly. savage exactly. Um, <laughs> media out there about I mean, LaCroix the worst is like, oh, people. you stupid basic millennial, but it's it doesn't compare. Do you <laughs> like, guys drink yeah, LaCroix? Whatever. <laughs> mm, I don't go out and buy it.
2: I'm. I've been given it by other people. It's probably
0: yeah. yeah. poison. But, but the natural s- essences like it's probably raccoon like anal glands or something.
2: But that <laughs> joke that you made about having the privilege of not caring about if it, it it's true. is It's like that's <laughs> yeah. the essential thing. It's like you, it's a throwaway comment but it's also true. It's like that's what that's what you want in an equal society is the privilege of not having to care about mm-hmm. things because Take this back to sexual harassment. Men walk through the world, walk walk down the street, and they have the privilege of not having to um, to think about being harassed. They have the privilege of not having to worry about being about modifying their behavior in some way so they're not going to be raped. I mean, yeah.
1: They have the privilege of being shocked if they do get sexual (laughs) harassed.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Yes.
1: Uh, Let's wrap it up. Oh, yeah, wrap it up. (laughs) All right.
2: Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, everybody. Thank
1: you. We'll see you next week.
2: See you next week.
1: Bye. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining, joining us. us. You can message us at soundcloud.com forward slash since you're not racist. Listen to us by adding since you're not racist on your iTunes playlist. Tweet us
0: at SYNR underscore podcast and visit us on Tumblr at since you're not